Welcome to our show, Get Real Local in the Tennessee River Valley. I'm your host, Joe Harper. Every show, we will be talking with local people about the best places and things to do in the Tennessee Valley. Pull up a chair and explore more with us as we get real local. Welcome back to this week's episode of Get Real Local in the Tennessee Valley. This is Julie Graham sitting in for the host, Joe Harper. Today, we will be talking with Greg Wingo, owner of Rome Projects. I know that uh, Greg is an avid outdoor adventurer. He's kind of scary. And his interests are in endurance running and paddling. Um, He's rooted in Alabama, but he has traveled the world extensively in pursuit of adventures. Welcome, Greg. Thank you for having me. Okay, Greg, tell us a little bit about Rome. I'm sure our listeners want to know what Rome stands for or what Rome is. Yeah, so Rome Projects is an outdoor recreation consulting company. uh, And... Basically, what that means is I do lots of things, lots of different things within the outdoor recreational world. That's everything from creating content about um, events or places uh, in the outdoor sphere to uh, creating events uh, to creating fun trips for people. Uh, But basically everything that I do in Rome projects is uh, somehow connected to recreating in the great outdoors. Okay. So I know I said you're a little bit rooted in Alabama. Tell us about some of the adventures. I know the Valley um, is big and I think you have learned that the Valley is kind of big. Where else have you explored so far in the Valley? You know, really just about, everywhere uh over the last decade plus um you know the the nice thing about uh the valley in alabama is it's incredibly diverse and i'm i'm sure that's true for other states uh within the region but in alabama we really do have just this incredible mix of waterways of trail systems waterfalls uh caves there's so much uh, you know, on offer and I've pretty much hit it all over the last few years. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really amazing place. Okay. It sounds like you really love Alabama. You from Alabama originally? Born and raised in Birmingham. Born and raised in Birmingham. And I know that you have a tendency to maybe bleed a little bit red, right? I do. I I went to the university of Alabama and I'm, and I'm proud of that degree. (laughs) Okay. Um, One of the statements from your website is that you focus on promoting beautiful and challenging places and help get people there. Um, You've talked a little bit about um, content and involving people. How do you really do that? How do you work towards that goal? I try to be, um, you know, I try to be a connector between people and those outdoor places that are available to them either close by or, or even at a distance. Um, and I think the way that I do that is through uh, trying to be able to create content that uh, allows people to get an idea of something that might be relatively within their backyard, uh, some sort of outdoor recreation option that they can you know go and explore uh, and connecting them with that, uh, you know, with that option. So, 
you know, that might be everything from writing a story about a trail system to, um, you know, to creating video content about multiple waterfalls within an area, um, you know, whatever that might be. And then working with different entities, whether that's user groups or whether that's tourism boards, uh, anybody that has a, a vested interest in the outdoor amenities in their area and getting people involved and in, in, on those properties, whatever they might be. And so I just, I try to be, I guess, a middleman in a lot of ways to make sure that every, that they're able to connect with those outdoor adventures. Craig, I love that word connector and connecting because that's one of the things that we've been doing with the Tennessee River Valley. We always have to remind our listeners that this is a seven state um, watershed that connects all the water, uh, waterways that feed into the Tennessee River, which, of course, is the largest tributary of the Ohio River. Um, and it is very unique. And in that expanse of seven states, um, you really go from the mountains to that middle part where Alabama starts, which feels more uh, flat. And then we get down into what, you, what is really feels like a uh, grassland area once we get out around um, turning the corner there at uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee up into Kentucky. Now, Greg, you've written a few stories for me and gone through, <laughs> gone on a couple of adventures with us, which have been kind of fun. And we've published that on the site, so we'll go back to that in a minute. But each one of these was set up when you and I first talked about is that 36-hour adventure. You got three days. Let's go out and have a great adventure. And as you said, it could be close by or it might be a little bit of a drive. Of these adventures, was there one adventure that stood out to you as really epic or something you didn't expect and you wish you had had more time on that adventure? And you might tell the listeners a couple of the types of adventures you've been on for us already. Sure. Um, well, one that I think that stands out that I definitely feel like I would want to explore certainly more than the 36 ish hours that was involved was the bike packing trip that, uh, that I did in, uh, Teleco Plains area. And, um, yeah, that was for me, what made that trip so, um, fun for me was that bike packing itself was something relatively new to me. I, I did take along a friend who was quite experienced in bikepacking, uh, but, you know, that was an area that was a little bit, uh, you know, of a challenge for me, not just physically, but uh, in terms of sort of having some sort of set knowledge base before, um, before the adventure itself. And so we did about 42, 43 mile loop, um, and Teleco. And it was fantastic. It such a beautiful area. I kept thinking as we were within the last 10 miles of the, of the ride that, you know, I wanted it to just keep going on that it was, it was so much fun. And the, the beautiful thing about that is there's so many options to extend well beyond the distance that we did. So it's, you know, when I do go back to do more, uh, bikepacking in that area, uh, it'll be available because there are so many more roads and so many more gravel, uh, road options that we didn't, we didn't get to hit. So, uh, that's certainly one that, that 
you know, definitely stands out for me. Um, some of the other ones that, that I've done, uh, pack rafting, uh, on the French broad river was, was really fun. Um, definitely, definitely, a, a an adventure for sure. Even, even before we started, it was, uh, an adventure. Um, I've done the Mount Cameron loop, uh, as a trail run, which was, was a bunch of, uh, fun as well, because trail running, uh, and ultra running is really sort of my, my base and my, my true passion, uh, in the endurance world. And so, uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to hit the trails inside, uh, the national park and, uh, do that loop. So those are a few of the ones that we've done. And, and I know we've got more coming up in the future that are, um, going to be, some will be similar and some will be completely different, but, uh, yeah, I, I would have to say that bike packing trip was one that I left feeling like there was, there was a lot more to do. And, and just to touch on that and let the, let the listeners know, Talico Plains is located where? It's located in Tennessee. Uh, it's, it would be, uh, Eastern Tennessee, uh, very close to the North Carolina border. Um, it's about, um, it's a little over an hour from Chattanooga and, uh, it is, uh, really just sort of the, the, the town itself is kind of the, the entryway into just a wide variety of, of outdoor activities from hiking trails to, um, rafting to, uh, like I said, bike packing, uh, all kinds of cycling, not just bike packing, but certainly, uh, regular road cycling. Obviously it's a, it's a popular area for, um, motorcyclists. So you, you see quite a few of them on the road, um, out there as well. And, and so there's just a ton of different, uh, outdoor activities that can spur off from the town of Teleco Plains. And so, um, and they, and they have a, enough amenities there in Teleco Plains for sure to, um, you know, to be able to essentially supply you, uh, to go do those adventures. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's a really cool area and, and, uh, I was excited to be able to do it because it's not an area that I've spent any time in prior to doing the adventure. And so, uh, after doing a quick scouting trip to sort of get a, a, a gauge of what we would be doing when we actually did the bikepacking trip. Uh, once we got back there to the bikepacking trip, it was really, really fun and, uh, to explore all the different, um, all the different roads and, and gravel roads that we, we hit along the way. So you were talking about your adventures. And as you said, the bikepacking adventure was not in your normal wheelhouse, um, I remember one time when you told me biking, yeah, okay, I love to run. <laughs> I love to stand up paddleboard. Um, but on those two of those adventures, you took somebody along with you. What I want to ask you right now is when people are planning for these adventures, um, do you have some advice for planning and getting the most out of an experience? You know, I think that there is uh, no, um, there's no way to perfectly plan out some of these trips, but if you are able to access, you know, articles or 
uh, information online from somebody who's done something either the same or very similar in the past, um, oftentimes that can create the base for creating your own adventure. And um, in particular with what I try to do when I'm creating content uh, around these adventures that I'm doing is I try to be able to uh, map out as much of what someone might need or see or want to know about within the area uh, of wherever that adventure is occurring. Uh, that being said, I, I do think there's great value in creating your own experience um, based on the things that maybe you already own or previous experiences in the outdoors that you already have and that you can um, build off of. So, you know, I think that there's, it's kind of a little bit of sort of putting together what somebody else has done with the experiences that you already have. And, um, and then there's really no, um, there's no way to replicate just the ability to decide, you know what, I'm going to go do it. Uh, even if I don't, uh, even if I don't have experience in this yet, you got to start somewhere. And that was definitely what the bike packing trip was for me, which was I had been wanting to do that for a while. And this was clearly a great opportunity to go do that. And then additionally to do it in a way where I wanted to make sure I was doing a route that most people would be able to do. Um, I don't want these adventures to be so difficult that, you know, only a small percentage of people can do them, but I also want them to be adventures. I want people to, you know, leave, uh, reading the content that I've written, feeling like that's something that they could do and would want to do. And so, um, so I think that's really important as well when creating it, but yeah, I think that you, you just gotta, you just gotta step out there sometimes and do things, even if, uh, it's the first time. So there is another event in your background with Rome that you really try to get people out there to try something new. And that that is that you're the organizer for the Great Alabama 650. So tell our tell our listeners a little bit about the uh, the Great Alabama 650, what it is and um, what what kind of adventure that would be. So the Great Alabama 650 is the longest paddle race in the United States. It is 650 miles across the state of Alabama, and racers have up to 10 days to complete the race. Uh, and it takes place along the Alabama Scenic River Trail, which is um, a 650-mile-long trail that goes essentially from uh, Northeast Alabama at the foothills of the Appalachian mountain range in the Valley, all the way down to Fort Morgan at the uh, mouth of Mobile Bay, where it meets the Gulf of Mexico. And the race is, well, there's, there's lots of reasons that the race is challenging. Um, one of the things that makes this race unique is that it has over the course of that 650 miles pretty much every type of water that you could encounter 
within the race. So you've got uh, flat water, you've got uh, white water, you've got tidal water, you've got bay water, you've got uh, essentially open water conditions, uh, ocean type conditions. Um, you've got so many different types of wildlife throughout the uh, course. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a really unique uh, and difficult event. And uh, we're going into the fifth year of this race. And it's, uh, it's pretty crazy to see how many people one follow it uh, on line during the 10 days, but also the number of racers that want to come back year after year and, and take on the challenge because it's, it's one of those races where the race course itself is what you're really racing more so than the other racers. Uh, it's, it's that 650 mile long trail. That's probably going to defeat you more than anything else. So you said you're going into the fifth year. What time of the year does this event happen and about how many people participate annually? The race occurs either late September or early October every year. And so this year it's September 30th to October 10th. Um, and I mean, we, we tend to average somewhere between 12 and 20 boats per year. Um, it's, you know, it's a big endeavor and there's only so many people out there that can have the combination of the desire to do it, the ability to do it and the ability to basically take off two weeks of their life to go do it. And so, um, but these racers come from all over the world to Alabama to experience, you know, our waterways here and to test themselves against um, what that water and what the environment and what the other racers can, um, you know, can challenge them to. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun event to be able to race direct. And uh, I just have an incredible amount of respect for the racers that do it because it, it is a Herculean effort to, to take it on. Okay. So this is a, an event for those really um, bucket list or adventurers. If somebody wanted to find out more about the Great Alabama 650, how would how would they connect with you? You can find out everything at al650.com. Uh, that's where we have information about the race and a spot to sign up to participate in it. Um, it is uh, the only paddle race. Uh, like it in the world where we have qualifying races. So um, you're, you can't just sign up to do the 650. You have to have finished another race around the world sometime within the last five years in order to qualify to do this one. Um, and the reason for that is um, this is, it is, it can be dangerous. And so you want to make sure that everybody signing up to do a race like the 650 has the experience level needed. And so, uh, doing a qualifying race is a great way to give you a good gauge of whether or not somebody has a chance of finishing this race. Um, but you can go on al650.com, especially when the race is happening. We do have a live tracking map that's up to the minute. So you can follow along where every racer is, uh, and it gets pretty dramatic. Um, 
people people definitely kind of uh, pick out a racer that they're going to follow along the whole time and people get pretty territorial about their racer. And so, uh, you know, the online chatter is, uh, is entertaining to watch as people sort of get on, you know, team Bobby or team Sally or team Joe or whoever it is. And, and uh, you know, and, and root for that certain racer to get uh, to win it. So it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So one of the other um, things that you mentioned was the blue ways in Alabama and how they've been mapped. Can you just touch on that website as well? If people were looking to uh, maybe check out that website to see where you can, where else you can paddle in Alabama. Right. So I mentioned that the Alabama scenic river trail is the trail that the race occurs on. That also happens to be the name of the organization that is tasked with promoting our mapped navigable waterways throughout the state of Alabama. And so uh, they have a website, alabamascenicrivertrail.com, that you can go on to be able to see all the different waterways, lots of different um, paddling options and and a single day and multi-day adventures that you could potentially uh, put together. And, and all the different uh, outfitters and trail angels along the way that you might be able to hook up with for assistance, whether that's to you know purchase a, a boat or whether that's to have somebody help you if you uh, need somebody to pick you up at a takeout or take you to a put-in or something like that. And so that website's really great because it's got a, a ton of information right there and it, it lets you know about the 5,500 miles of mapped waterways that we have, which make the state of Alabama the second most um, paddleable state in the entire country. Um, there's people oftentimes are blown away to find out that Alabama is, is just a bunch of rivers. Um, it's, you know, it's so much water that's, uh, that's available for lots of different types of recreating. Uh, and it's slowly becoming more and more, uh, something that people are aware of, but yet there's still plenty of, of opportunity to kind of educate people that this is a great state to come to, to be able to paddle or, or fish or, or just hang out, you know, on a tube or, or whatever you want to do. And so, uh, that website, alabamascenicrivertrail.com is, is definitely the place to go to find out everything. And one last question, because we did talk a little bit about planning an adventure. When you're talking about paddling, because I know that you are paddle uh, along with running, you love paddling, and there's different types of water. Um, I'm going to guess that as we're thinking about planning, there's different times to paddle on the rivers in Alabama. There's high tide and low tide, and then there's weather conditions. Can you just touch on that for just a minute? Yeah, so, um, you know, I tend to think that um, you know, you can pretty much in the state of Alabama paddle year round. It, it just comes down to the tools that you use to be able to get out there and paddle. So, uh, the types of clothing that you have and and the type of boat that you use and, um, and the desire to get out there when it's colder versus when it's warmer. And, uh, so, you know, the nice thing is, is, is here, the, the season for paddling 
is is all year long uh, because there's water all over that is is annual water. I mean, some of it can get pretty low at certain times of year, but but lots of it is is pretty much uh, available all year long. Especially the closer you get to the coast, um, you certainly have water that's it, that's there all year long, and it, it's certainly um, easy to get out there at any time of the year. Um, yes, you do have high tide, low tide in spots, especially the tidal water that you would have in the, in the Delta region. Um, and that region of the state is known as America's Amazon. It's the most biodiverse, uh, area in the entire country. Uh, and you do have some very isolated, um, I would say challenging, waterways within the Delta region. Uh, you would certainly want to have some, either some experience going in there or go along with somebody with some experience in there. But, um, but for the most part, you've got plenty of, um, you've got plenty of lakes in the Northern part of the state that are, you know, that have year round paddling options. So, um, so yeah, so there's, there's so much there to be able to choose from and, uh, and that's, that's really nice because when you keep think about it, so many other sections of the country that do have great areas to paddle are truly seasonable, uh, or seasonal. And so, you know, that's nice that we're fortunate enough based on where we're located that, uh, you know, the water essentially never freezes over here. And, uh, and there's definitely sections that always, uh, always are at capacity or pretty close to capacity. Thanks, Greg. It's been so nice to visit with you today and uh, touch base on what activities you've been up to. Um, and I want to thank all our listeners for joining us today. If you want to know more about this story or about the Valley Watershed, visit our website at exploretrv.com. Know that this story with Greg will be on there, but also the trips that he's had. So if you want to learn about that, you can get online and look his stories up. Um, and then join us next time with more local stories from the Valley. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. A big thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee Valley Authority. Thanks for stopping in to listen today. If you have a great story and want to learn more, follow us on ExploreTRV.com. That's explore trv.com.